Welcome to the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show. My name is Rebecca Whitman, and I'm a success mentor. I believe there are seven pillars of success. Your spiritual life, your physical fitness, your emotional, romantic, mental, social, and finally, your financial life. When you get all seven areas in alignment, you are balanced, beautiful, and abundant. I learned this the hard way. I've always made money. Unfortunately, I spent so much time making money that I never had time for the rest of my life. So, despite not having financial worries, I was never happy. I wanted romance, but I didn't have time to date. I wanted to be in great shape, but I couldn't find a moment to go to the gym. I wanted a more spiritual life, but I didn't meditate. That also takes time. I wanted to read great books and fill my mind with deep thoughts, but I never made the time. I wanted a great social life, not just going to work-related events. Emotionally, I was a wreck because my life was totally out of balance. Today, I earn more money than I ever have in my life, and I work only part-time. I have the relationship of my dreams. I'm in the best physical shape of my life. I'm spiritually grounded. I feel fulfilled mentally, socially, and emotionally. My life is in perfect alignment. This podcast will help you discover where your life is out of balance. My mission is to support you in achieving work-life balance so that you can have more fun and freedom in life. On my show, you will get to learn from experts in all seven areas of abundance. My guests have achieved tremendous success in their zone of genius. Are you ready to go to a level 10 in all seven areas of life? You got this. Cassie Parks, nice to see you. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm so thrilled to have you on the Balanced, Beautiful, Abundant podcast. And we're going to do a deep dive today into one of my favorite topics, the law of attraction. I can just, I can never learn enough about it because why would you not want to manifest as much as you possibly could using the law of attraction, right? It's just... It's magic. So let it me is tell, magic. <laughs> let me tell my clients and my listeners about your background. It's very impressive. So Cassie Parks hosts a, a podcast called Manifesting Success Stories, a Law of Attraction show. Her books and online coaching make the law of attraction feel easy, practical, and fun. This is what I'm excited about. (laughs) Her insights have been featured on Colorado's Best, the Huffington Post, and on one of the most downloaded episodes of Primal Blueprint. Is that a podcast? That is. That is. um, If you have any paleo people in your audience, they will for sure know that podcast. (laughs) Primal Blueprint. Is that the guy who makes the stuff? It is who started it. Yeah, he has since sold it. But uh, yeah, that is that was his podcast. I was the first like non I didn't we didn't talk about paleo. We talked about money manifesting was the first guest that wasn't paleo specific um, a couple of years ago on that podcast. And maybe that's why he made enough money. He manifested so much money that he no longer has to do the podcast. Yes. <laughs> so I'm hoping the same thing happens to me and all my listeners. <laughs> I will take that. I think he has his, he definitely has his own manifesting. His wife is an amazing manifester. Um, but yeah, I'll take that for you. You're going to manifest 
getting to sell something big and not have to do anything that you don't want anymore to have a choice. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. So let's get right into it. I just want to hear about how does stepping into your future self rather than trying to fix yourself in the moment, create more of a lasting change. So one of my favorite teachers, Michael Beckwith, he says a similar thing. He's like, stop trying to fix yourself and start trying to be yourself. Yes. So how do we get to be ourselves and step into our future selves to start manifesting instead of fixing ourselves? Yeah. So the way... You know, our future, I use the term future self. With my clients, we work five years out. So there's lots of space. We're not thinking, oh, who am I going to be next week? We're, we're creating that big gap that they can step into. And so when you are thinking in the moment, okay, this thing is going on. How can I step into the beingness of my future self versus trying to fix it? When you're trying to fix it, you're still in the problem. Like the problem exists, right? You're not being the person who doesn't have the problem. You're being the person who fixes the problem if we're trying to fix the problem, meaning the the problem is still there, right? Um, it's still So when we can get a picture of our future selves, whether it's just, okay, this is who I want to be, or you do the in-depth work that I do to help my clients get that vision, okay, what do they do in this moment? How do they act? Like, I always have these questions for my clients. Does she think this? Does she do this? Right? So she's sitting here, you know, let's, for talking about a quote unquote problem. Is she spinning around something that may or may not matter tomorrow? Does she do this? And if the answer is no, my future self doesn't do it. You just move on yeah. into the beingness because we can always, and I did this on my law of attraction journey, we can always find something to fix because if we ask our brains and we say, oh, I need to, something must be wrong. It's not working because I'm doing something wrong. There's something wrong with me. I need to fix it. Mm-hmm. Our brain is always going to find something to fix because that's what we asked for. Yeah. Yeah. And so then that just, we just keep trying to fix things or we can step into this beingness of who we want to be and start operating from that perspective. I love it. Cause I've done a lot of like deep diving and I feel like two of my core beliefs that I've let go of that, but they're just, they were like acculturated in me is there's something wrong and I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. So I think the brain is like wired to think there's such, there's something wrong. There's something that needs to be fixed instead of how do we shift that? How do, how do we get rid of that, that old tape of there's something wrong here. I need to fix something. Like if we feel it coming up in our brain, how do we shift it? Um, we remind ourselves that we have a choice. Mm. right so oh so if we go to um what popped into my head was when you're talking about i'm not enough right when we say that i'm not enough i'm not enough i'm finding reasons to make myself feel like i'm enough um our brain is going to keep coming up with the reasons to fuel that i'm not enough but if we make the choice the decision in the moment i am enough I'm going to sh- like, it just shuts that. No, I'm enough. Your brain goes looking for, why are you enough? Why are you amazing? Why do you have all this potential? What's possible? Yeah. So one of exactly one of my favorite affirmations is I am enough. I have enough because mm-hmm. when I hear that I am not enough, then I have to like rewire with, I am enough. I have enough over and over and over and over again. 
So, but I know that if you speak affirmations and you don't really believe them, do they work? Or do you have to kind of get into the feeling tone of, I am really enough? I'm not a huge fan of affirmations. My, because they never, I always felt like that. It was a lot of work to get into that belief. Mm -hmm. I'm more of like, okay, I can choose to be enough in this moment. And I can choose to look for the evidence of that. Like then I'm actively, I'm not trying to change anything. Okay. I can ask myself, why am I enough? Why do I have enough? And then when I look around, oh yeah, there's enough food in the fridge. There's enough of this. I'm enough for my clients today. I'm enough for my kid today. I'm enough for my wife today. Like then we start to see that um, and you become in that space for me. Um, and affirmations are great for people that love them and they work for them just never, I do it a little differently. And clients who come to me tend to have not had success with affirmations because they get in that space of battling. I have to get into the feeling instead of just stepping into, I am enough. Like here I am yeah. and I'm going to choose that. Yeah. So it's almost like choosing just to be enough rather than saying it to yourself over and over again, just like embodying it. Yes. We were talking on a coaching call this morning. One of my clients is like, oh, I'm writing it down. The less we say, the more we trust is one of the things that I say. So the less we have to explain it or the less times we have to say it, the more we're stepping into that trust. Like, yes, this is true. And I don't have to back it up because it's just true. I agree. I feel like when we justify, defend and explain ourselves, we don't really believe it. It's like, she doth protest too much type thing. Like, <laughs> I am I am enough because I'm enough. I don't have to like list out my credentials and explain why. Yes, absolutely. Love it. So how do we change our money story? I know our narratives, our stories is what creates our reality. And one of my favorite quotes is change your story, change your life. How do we change our money story to start manifesting more? Um, we focus on who we want to be with money. So I start with my clients. Um, there's five stories that I've identified that people pick up by default. You know, we don't even realize because we're not conscious. We we do, I believe, actually know the law of attraction when we're very young, but it gets trained out of us. Mm -hmm. um, and so we, you know, during that time, we don't know we can be conscious. We don't know we can choose that. And so most people pick up a money story by default. So the first step that I go through my clients is recognizing that. So they have that awareness. Oh, I'm doing that thing that's part of the story. I get to choose what's the story I want to write. You know, how do I want to be with money? Do I want to be chasing money or do I want to allow money to come to me? You know, do I want to, um, one of the stories is survival and those people hot potato money. Like, do I want to get rid of this money or do I want to learn to sit with this money? Right. Um, and so really just choosing your thoughts and your beliefs and your actions after you become aware of what's not working. Um, and most of us aren't aware. There are stories that we just picked up. Uh, the way that I figured out the money stories that I use in my work is I just started interviewing my clients who, after they were successful and they'd manifested $10,000, all of a sudden I just started asking, well, like, what was your story in the beginning? And I got the same answers. Without giving them like, choose from this list, I would hear like a chaser and I was a money chaser. I would hear survival. I would hear, oh, there's just enough. It was just enough. You know, I, money hot mess. I would hear that. 
And so when you become aware that those stories are playing out because you're not consciously choosing, you're not slowing down, you're not making the choices with your money, you're just reacting, then you can start to choose differently and start to write that story. So Um, what would be an example of a new money story? Like money follows me everywhere I go, money loves me, money money can't get enough of me. You know, one of my other podcasts, uh, podcast guest said to make money your lover your boyfriend like money's my lover like what would be an example of how one of your clients changed it to a more positive money story yeah um so one of them she's actually writing a book she's becoming a coach with me um is confident money maker so she went from a money chaser to a confident money maker. Mm-hmm. Um, and so confident money maker for me is it used to be money finds me. Now my story is big money finds me. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's, that. yeah, choosing who you want. Um, I think of other ones. Um, like um, magic money manifestors are really like a lot of the story. And so we actually go through a process where everybody picks a story about midway through manifest 10 K because when you have that story, it's much like your future self and it's how we train for future self work. And you get to say, okay, would a confident money maker, would they just throw this money away, hoping to make money or they make a choice to put their money in their investment in something they're confident is going to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you pick that title, you can start to write the story, your actions change, your behaviors change. I love it. I'm going to say that big ticket sales find me. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. So the next question is, how is investing financially and in, how does uh, investing financially in your happiness and tr- attract more money? Like, what does it even mean to invest in your happiness? Yeah, investing in my in your happiness is one of my favorite things that I teach. It's investing for a rate of return. I always use the term investment instead of spend. I never mm-hmm. use the word spend money because okay. when we spend money, our brain thinks we've been trained because that's what the word means in society. It's gone right? I spent money on this, it's gone. But when we start to say invest, I invested in it. I invested in food for my family. I invested in my mortgage or my rent. I invested in a very fun car, invested in a vacation. We, number one, we expect a return on our investment because investments have a return. And number two, when we start to look at things in investment, it helps that awareness of not just spending money to spend it, but oh, am I gonna, what am I gonna get back? And am I gonna get back the one time like high of spending this money leaving with a big shopping bag? Or am I gonna get every time I put on this shirt, I love it. And so I'm getting that return every time I put on this piece of clothes clothing. And so investing your happiness is fine tuning the way that you spend your money so that you're always investing in your happiness, what you want more of. Um, And because we often, one of the things that happens with money, right? We get all these shoulds about where should your money go? What should you spend your money on that run in the back of people's heads? And then there's this battle, this energetic battle, like I don't want to, and consumes all of this energy. But if we would just choose like, yeah, I want to go to that $100 dinner because I want to. And that feels, that is fueling my happiness, taking my friends and spending three hours in an amazing dinner and conversation has a huge return on happiness versus is just, you know, going and spending $100 on something else. I think a lot of people don't think their happiness is worth investing in. Like they'll, 
they'll invest in a stock or they'll invest in real estate, but they don't think their happiness is important. So can you speak into how your happiness is actually important if you want to manifest even more abundance? Yeah. So generally people do those things. If you step back very often, and this is the question listeners can ask themselves, why am I investing in a stock? Why am I investing in real estate? Generally it's to get more money. Great. Why do you want more money? So most people won't, if they're really heavily focused on that, won't even have an answer just because I want more money. Right. right? Uh, great. What do you want it for? Right. And so if you have an answer, and if the answer is to retire early or to have more money, great. Why do you want more money? Generally, if you go far enough with the question, you'll get to happiness. Right. Right. So you're trying to get there. But if you would invest in your happiness up top, that doesn't mean don't invest in that stock. It means find that balance of what makes you happy thinking about that future payout, as well as having happiness today of maybe a massage or a manicure, a pedicure, or just a very nice dinner. Um, Whatever that is, when you invest in that happiness, you're actually creating that money that you want faster because you're investing in your happiness, like attracts like. Your ultimate thing is to have that money for more happiness. You get more happiness now, you're going to manifest the money faster because you've just gone to the end. So the money has to come when you invest in your happiness. Yeah, it's like people like, I will be happy when I, and they put their happiness out into the future. When I graduate from high school, when I graduate from college, when I have a family, when I make six figures, when I make seven figures, and and they go back and they look at life and they're like, oh my God, I was never happy because I kept putting conditions on my happiness. Like, why do you want to get married? Why do you want to have the big job or the big house that's so I feel happy, but we can choose to feel happy first. Yes. And then we manifest so much faster. So I really love that. So how, um, let's see, how to consciously choose to tell the story of what you want more than the story of explaining what is going on? Because I think people are chronic explainers. They want to explain, like I have girlfriends that are single. Well, I'm single because, you know, all the good guys are taken or I hate the dating apps or it's COVID and, you know, nobody's dating. Everybody's a germaphobe. That actually keeps their beloved at bay. Mm -hmm. So how can you change your story and stop explaining yourself to manifest faster? Yeah. It's really about filtering yourself before you start talking for what you want more of, right? So let's use the dating. Oh, I went out with this guy and he, right? Very often this conversation might go like this. He was three things I want, but five things I don't want. Mm -hmm. Instead of like, oh, I went out with this guy and he was, um, he dressed nice, took me to a nice place and made me laugh, right? And you're that's where you stop. You don't have to tell the butt, but we think we have to tell the butt. You don't. You can just enjoy that part as a stepping stone. And the more that you stop yourself and just focus on what you want more of, which is the guy who makes you laugh, the guy who takes you to a nice dinner, the guy who dresses nice, the more the next things are going to come. But when we put that butt, we're telling that story. Well, he was 
like three times great, but five times crappy, you know, just to summarize, you know, if there was three good things and five things that they didn't love. And so what you're telling is that there always has to be more bad than good. That's the story you're writing. It's telling your brain what you want it to look for so that the next time you go out with a guy and there's three amazing things, there's also five bad things or five things that you don't want. They don't even have to be bad versus just being in the moment of like, this is what was awesome period and enjoying that space the other way that this comes out is people you know because we're taught very like by society and a lot of things we're taught to connect in complaining instead of celebration misery loves company right yeah and so we think oh but if i can't just say how good this guy is because I, you know, I have to tell the bad part. I have to tell what I didn't like, right? But you can, and you can train yourself. And when you do, because that's the story you're telling, it's the story you're going to live tomorrow. So you're making your story better and better by just putting that period at the things that you love. I think people almost feel guilty, like if something really good happened to them, that they have to say, oh, you know, I met this really great guy. He took me to a nice dinner. He dressed nice. He smelled nice. He gave me some great compliments. But, you know, he probably has a girlfriend or I'm sure it's never going to work out. Like they they get on a roll and they start to get momentum with the law of attraction. And then, like you said, they, they say a but because they don't want to brag. It's like people don't want to be annoying to other people. And I think that if we get too happy and brag or whatever, or like milk our good situations, we think that other people are not going to want to be around us or they're going to be jealous. What do you think about that? I mean, I think it's BS, but I, <laughs> as for a teaching point, right? That's yeah. something I'm like, oh, I don't have any thoughts of that in my life anymore. But if somebody does, what I would say is, what do you want more? Like, do you want because you're always creating, right? And if you are telling the story that I can't be happy around other people or I won't have anyone, that's going to be true. But if you decide that your happiness and what you want to create and what you want to manifest in your life is worth more than anything because it's your life, right? Not because the thing is important, but because it's about you. It's about your life. If you decide that is the most important thing, then those things start to fade, And what you realize when you choose what you want to create over whatever, all the other stories that you can tell, but that you want to create above all the life that you love to live every single day, you realize is then you become the guide, the inspiration. People are waiting for people to say nice things and celebrate, right? But they're they're also trained just like you before you find the law of attraction, you know, people listening. They've been trained just like you to, you know, tell the stories that we've been talking about. But it's such a breath of fresh air when you walk up to someone and you're like, what's awesome in your life? Not how's it going, not all the things that lead to the nut, but like what's awesome. And when you share, like, it's awesome. I went on three great dates this this week and this is what happened and this is awesome. They have permission to share the good stuff in their life too. And then you get a friend in your journey, right? You get somebody to go along and celebrate with you. And if they don't want that, you you probably don't want to take them anyway. 
Exactly. So <laughs> we get to be friends with people who celebrate our wins. And if yes. wins are making somebody else resentful, that's probably not a good friend to have anyway, because being on the journey of being a manifester and manifesting a life beyond your wildest dreams, you want to be on the journey with other people that are celebrating their wins. Yes. That's, that's why I say that if, if somebody is not supporting you, there's no such thing as neutral energy. People are either like loving and supporting you or they're, or they're draining you and they're not supporting you. And you get to be around people who celebrate you and lift you up. Absolutely. And that's a, that becomes a choice, right? Yes. You know, and we forget that because we're, I think we're just taught, we pick it up by default that it's not a choice who you hang around with. There's only so many people. Oh, you shouldn't be so picky. Da, 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 da. But it is a choice. Sometimes, you know, I know for me, for clients, sometimes that means spending some time alone as you're transitioning, right? But there's always, you always get to create what you want. And if that is loving, supporting friendships, you get to create that just like money, just like love, just like happiness, just like a career that's amazing, all of it. Yeah, it was interesting because one of the things that I get to create are soulmate clients. And I actually said no to a client yesterday. And it was really great progress for me because she, I could tell she was coming from a victim mentality. And that is just very uh, draining for me. She mm -hmm. didn't want to. I like teaching my clients. It's okay to start at victim, but let's go from victim to victor. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be paid to be a life coach and just listen to someone complain for an hour a week because that's going to drain me and drain my vibration. So it's like I just respectfully decline. I'm not interested in coaching. And the rage and the and the bitterness and the venom and the 10 paragraph emails. I mean, it was it was really interesting. And I was like, you know what? I guess I'm just telling the universe what I do not want but then I'm like, did I manifest like this woman being so negative and mad at me for not wanting to coach her? Because I also believe that everything you manifest, everything, like even how people are treating you. So what is your opinion about that? Oh, I think her response is hers. Okay. Like, I think that I believe that we get to say no to whatever and we are absolutely, you know, improving the algorithm of the universe by what we say no to yes. um, versus a lukewarm yes or I mean thank goodness if this was the response after this no like I can't imagine coaching someone like that right yeah so um, her response is hers like you but your no is you yours and I think we have to separate what is ours and what is theirs and that is her stuff yeah it's not yours but you know, if you had said yes, because, you know, you weren't trusting your intuition or you weren't, you know, trusting what you wanted or you just were going to say yes for money or any other reason, then yes, you would have created that situation, that crappy situation that would have come. Yeah. But I believe you get to own your no and that's her stuff. Exactly. So I, I believe like unless it's a hell yes, it's a hell no. Yep. And if something is not lighting up for you, then then it's okay to walk away. And I think women are very socialized to be pleasers and to be people pleasers and to put their own happiness second to pleasing other people. So can you talk about how is in the law of attraction work? 
how in a way the, the word selfish is actually a good word because you're actually putting your own happiness and your own needs first so that you can be a bigger light and manifest more. Yeah. So when we choose us, we're choosing what we want and we're always choosing what we want. Whether we say yes or whether we say no, we're choosing what we want more of or what we want less of. And so when we look at that, I I would love to even up-level this. Like, it's not, it's not great to be selfish. Like, there is no, like, please, everybody be selfish. Like, if that's the yeah. definition, fine. But, like, choose, choose you because you are the creator of your life. Everything is a ripple out. I don't choose to create my amazing life because I'll be better for other people. I choose it because it's about me. Like Mm -hmm. choose what's right for you and let that ripple out. Like, I think that it's time maybe to up-level even this, oh, it's okay to be, no, it's not even a thing to be selfish. We should be choosing what feels good to us and saying no to what doesn't feel good to us. It doesn't matter its effect on everybody else. Like, even saying like, oh, it makes us better people for other people is still doing it for other people instead of right. owning for us. Like, no, this is what's best for me. And so when I, and I believe when I do what's best for me, it is best for everybody else. That's like when people say, oh, well, I do self care and I fill myself up first so that I can then be of service to other people. So you're saying just give to yourself first and do self care because it feels good. Yeah. And because you're creating, yeah, do it because it's good. Do it because it's creating your life. Do it because you are worth that without it being about anyone else. You're just worth it, period. So how can we make our lives easier? So a lot of people are like, they understand the law of attraction. Maybe they listen to Abraham or watch The Secret and they're still like, I'm doing it. I'm trying to be positive, but I don't understand why I'm not manifesting. Why Why is the law of attraction like so hard and how, how can we make it easier, Cassie? You can choose easy. Um, and most people don't realize that you... Um, you can choose easy, right? But you get to choose that. We're so in the habit of it has to be hard. And that's where my um, worth comes from is how hard did I, how hard did I work at this? How much did I maneuver through? How much energy did it take instead of choosing easy? And so easy can look like, "Eh, I'm not going to do that right now unless until I'm inspired to pick it up, right? Easy can be, I'm not going to force this. Easy can be reminding ourselves, this can be easier. I don't have to create this story. I don't have to get my worth from how hard something is. I think that's the baseline of it, is realizing how much of your worth you get as a person from how hard things are. Because things will never be easy unless you build your worth outside of things being hard. Because if things have to be hard for you to be worthy, then you have to keep creating hard things to get through to be worthy. Um, So that's step one. Are you saying it's not hard work to manifest abundance? It is not. It is. I don't think it's hard work. I think it takes growth, but it doesn't have to be so hard. And I think the easiest way to learn this lesson is to take it, sort of pull it apart from manifesting because then it's a little easier to see, oh, like how often do I choose hard 
because I get a payout emotionally from that, right? It might feel draining, but it also might feel good. Um, It does not have to be hard work. It can happen easily. Sometimes the growth um, doesn't feel great. Um, You have to learn to get comfortable in the uncomfortable, but it doesn't have to be so hard. So you're saying to separate from the actual manifestation, just choose easy, like choose how you want to be in your day and not that everything has to be such a hard, hard thing to do. Like, I'm just going to choose to have a easy breezy day. Like my intention, you know, we set the intention for a day. It's almost always ease and flow because if I have the intention of ease and flow, then I'm just going to have a better day, whether I manifest anything or not. Yeah. And then you can practice it being easy, right? And then when it comes to manifesting, you'll have practiced having an easier life. The manifesting gets easier. Um, But I really do think ease takes practice. It is not easy for people to let life be easy. You know, it used to be, but I think the more uh, technology and the more, the more like, socialized we get the harder it is if you go to some you know less developed countries they have a very simple life and their life is easy and simple right they just they they live to work they don't work to live they have their food they have their family they have their simple life and they're very happy but I think somehow we've in developed countries we've made everything like really hard what do you think about that? Why does why do you think like we have to make everything so hard? Why can't we just like go back to our roots of just having a simple life and just enjoying food and family and community? Is it is it greed that we want more and more stuff? No, I think it's that we've um unless you are consciously choosing what you want and that it's unless you're building, I think it comes down to self-worth. In the general society, a lot of worth is put on how hard things are, how hard you work, how hard that was, right? Like, grandma, well, we had to walk uphill both ways in the snow, right? So every generation, in theory, in this country has gotten easier, but the generation before wants to say how hard it is. And so then we've been trained, well, it was hard, like hard makes it better instead of being like it's great that it's gotten easier like let's let it be easier i mean life is so much easier than it was 100 years ago if you're living in the united states right um and you get to choose that but i think so often people's self-worth is coming from how hard things are how overworked they are it comes from how stressed they are i mean i worked with a woman and i i could watch it her her worth came from how hard her job was that she didn't even notice. Like there was data to show, um, I could explain it, how her job was getting easier, but she couldn't do that because her she couldn't let it be easier. She couldn't enjoy once she'd got her systems down and it was easier and things were slowing down because that's where her worth came from. How hard, how stressed, how, how much she had time she had to put in, how much effort, how much she had to use her brain, all of these things. I think mostly it's tied to um, that people put a lot of worth on things being hard instead of developing self-worth outside of that self-worth for the sake of self-worth we put conditions on it so let's change the paradigm and we'll put uh you know bragging rights on how easy it was oh my god it was so easy for me to like 
manifest a parking spot or a client or a dream vacation. So we can change the conversation because Absolutely. we are talking to an awakened, empowered audience right now. And we can, instead of, you know, wearing how hard and exhausting life is as a badge of honor, we can be like, that was just so easy. I loved it. Didn't take a lot of energy at all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we we celebrate that. And I love it to become a paradigm shift. But in my group, it's always, how easy was that? How did that come? Like, hey, I wanted this and it showed up so easy. I literally had a thought and here it is. Um because in anyone listening can shift that. You just have to be willing to let it be easy and brag about that, share that, celebrate that. Exactly. So we are encouraging you to brag about how easy things are. So how is leveraging the law of attraction? How does leveraging the law of attraction lead to more success? We've kind of been talking about this the whole mm -hmm. time, but let's talk about what does leveraging the law of attraction mean to you? I think it for me, it means being diligent about what you're actually doing. I think most people get off in the law of attraction because wanting is not manifesting. Mm. So people get caught up like, oh, I thought about how much I wanted it. I want this. I want to have this. I want to retire. I want to do this. I want this new car. I want, I want, I want. But they're not focused on that being. So they're not really leveraging the law of attraction. Want is not wanting when you're wanting attracts more wanting like attracts like so if yeah. we're continually wanting we're attracting more things to want instead of being the person who has it the being the person who's starting to live the life we want so we can live more of the life we want when you're really leveraging the law of attraction you're not wanting um, and it's not about a to-do list of visualizations or affirmations or mantras or vision boards to do it's about who you're being and showing up in the world um and that's what you're attracting, right? We don't we don't attract what we want. We attract who we're being. Yes, you you attract who you are, mm -hmm. who you are being, not what you want. I love that. So we're wrapping up soon. I know we talked before we hit the record button that you're more into the science behind the law of attraction, and not so much the the woo woo and fairy dust, which we all love too. Can you talk a little bit about the science behind the law of attraction? Yeah. I mean, I, I learned in eighth grade, like attracts like, and I think that's the science, right? Like we just talked about it. Wanting leads to more wanting. If I'm being someone who's abundant, I'm going to gain more abundance. If I'm celebrating money, I'm going to get celebrate more money. Um, it's the way our brain works. Our brains are wired that way to show us what we're asking for. But the place that people get off is they don't realize they might be asking for a new car one time, but they're complaining about a broken down car a hundred times during a day. So what they're getting is like attracts like they're getting a broken down car because that's where they're focused on. And that is that's the science of it. Like attracts like. It's also, the, you know, our brain filters that. There's so much information that we have the power to tell our brain what do we want it to filter for. And if we want it to filter for more what feels good to us, I don't believe there's a good and a bad. There's more of what we want and there's what we don't want, right? If we put that focus and attention, our brain will find that just like Google. 
right? Find more good things. You're typing it in. Your brain is going to pull that because there's so much information that comes into our field in our reality. We can only process so much. So it's up to us to utilize the power of our brain to get that because that is what's happening when we're seeing what we want. Um, it's, it's our brains helping us. Um, more science parts. That's good. Uh, I mean, talk yeah. about what you're interested in, not about what you're interested in manifesting. It's pretty simple. Don't talk about what you don't want to manifest. And you talked about complaining. So I'm going to give all the listeners an assignment between now and the end of the year. Don't complain. <laughs> I mean, wow. Is that too yeah. much? That's 32 days. How about if you can't do 32 days, why don't you not complain for a week? Why don't you just not complain until next Monday or whenever you hear this podcast a week from that? If that's too much, why don't you try not complaining for 24 hours? If that's too much, why don't you just try not complaining for an hour? And you get to see how your brain's how your brain has been in the habit. It's got the neural pathway, the groove of being a complainer. So what is one way, and we're going to end the podcast with this question, that people who, oh my God, Rebecca gave me the assignment not to complain and I can't stop complaining. Now what do I do? So how do they stop complaining? Ah, so this is going to be totally different, but this is what it was. I would set an alarm on your phone and when it goes off, you have to say five things that are awesome today. Mm. Um, because I love the awareness of the complaining, but so then sometimes it's like the pink elephant. Don't think about a pink elephant. Don't think, and then that's all you're like, Oh my God, that I'm so I'm doing it. And you're actually putting all that energy into complaining. But if you can put that alarm on your phone, I love this. If you do it in front of your kids, they will get this question all the time. How to get my kids into the law of attraction. They already know, just do it with them. Right. And so put an alarm on your phone, list five things that are awesome. You know, if you do that enough in front of your kid, that my kid, when I did a similar thing a couple months ago, he's like, oh, is it time to say what we love about people? Like he hear the alarm and he's like, it's time to say what we love. I love this about you. I love this about, because that's what we're doing. And so I would put the energy in what's awesome, right? Or what you want more of. List five things that are happening that you want more of. What's awesome? What's exciting? What are you celebrating in the moment? Pick Pick whatever you want, set an alarm and put it on your phone for 30 days and see what happens. Or you could even say like, let's say somebody's in a relationship that is driving them crazy, right? Instead of focusing on, oh, this person is doing this and that and they're pissing me off. This is, this is what do I, what do I love about this person today? Oh, I love that they did this, this and that. And you can list whatever it is that's making you want to complain, whether it's a person, place or thing or situation, like flip it and talk about what you're celebrating or what you're loving about that person. I think that's another great way to do it. Absolutely. So this was great, Cassie. Thank you so much. I just, I love talking about the law of attraction. I'm always like learning from experts like yourself about how to up my law of attraction game and tweaking and just manifesting more and more and more. And it's so much fun once you learn how to leverage it. So how can people stay in touch with you? Absolutely. They can go to Cassie, C-A-S-S-I-E, parks.com and um, yeah, just check out, find my podcast, all those fun things. Yes. Once again, your podcast is called what? Uh, manifesting Success Stories. So if you want to believe that the law of attraction works, that is a great place because all we're doing is that celebrating, that bragging, that talking about it working. 
That's awesome. And then where do you like to hang out on social media? Where can they find you there? Um, Instagram, Cassie underscore parks. Um, mostly on my podcast is what I love, love to share. That's my, that's my preferred medium of sharing. That's your jam. Yeah. All right. Well, check out her podcast. If you're skeptical about the law of attraction, Cassie's got the evidence you've been looking for to believe in it on her podcast. So definitely check it out. There's going to be a link to it in the show notes. Thank you so much, Cassie, for being on the, on the, I'm calling this the law of attraction on the balanced, beautiful, abundant podcast, where we interview experts like your, like yourself. If you're listening to this, take a screenshot, tag me or Cassie, tag me on Instagram at Rebecca E. Whitman. I'll reshare it. Please leave us a five-star review and subscribe. This is a grassroots movement, and we love our listeners. So spread the word, share it with your friend. If you're listening to this on Facebook, tag a friend in the comments that you think would benefit by leveraging the law of attraction and manifesting more. And thanks, everyone, for all your support as we go on this amazing journey of life. Thank you so much, Cassie, for being a wonderful guest. And we'll see you next week with another amazing expert. Who says you can't have it all? I'm proof that you can. You just have to put your life into balance. Too much of anything, money, fitness, socializing, can overtake your life. When all seven aspects of your life work in harmony, you will achieve the balanced, beautiful, and abundant life you've always dreamed of. Please subscribe to hear more inspiring interviews. Is there someone you know who could benefit from this podcast? Please share this podcast with them please review this podcast. Your feedback will help me target your needs and plan for upcoming shows that answer your questions and feature guest speakers that can make a big difference in your life. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Rebecca E. Whitman. Feel free to DM me to book a free balance assessment call. And don't forget, stay balanced, beautiful, and abundant.